I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? Bill is back. I'm back. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> nice to have you back, Bill. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Bill, what is your official title? I know I asked you this a lot. Uh, I can never remember what the real actual... I think it's lead designer uh, at Mattel on WWE. I don't know. They changed the titles recently, and it's... The point is, you are the man behind the current Mattel WWE Elite line. That part is true, yes. One of my absolutely favorite toy lines. I think you're doing a spectacular job, no matter what anyone on the internet says. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, no, in all sincerity, I, uh, I... Just think it's a spectacular job, a spectacular line. You're doing an amazing job. And I really honestly don't think people understand how much better this line is because you are on it. And I think it's one of these things where it won't be until years from now when people look back and they're like, wow, that was the perfect line of WWE figures that, uh, You'll get I feel the like respect I should be you, you for this. This is an amazing compliment. Um, now, I, I do if, appreciate it, but thank you again very much. Now, if I could only find them, yeah, uh, this is a, <laughs> a real issue. Um, uh, there was a recent episode where I talked about the I, twelve WalMarts, Blake, that I went to looking for Sensational Sherry. Right, I believe we uh, mapped out. Well, that was a different one when we mapped out the targets from Comic Con. But yes, uh, I remember your. Well, this was Walmart's from Vegas, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I um, went to uh, I went to every Walmart uh, on the way to La- to Vegas from Los Angeles, driving out to Dublin. Nothing, uh, gotcha. but no, no, uh, no luck. But are there any between like Victorville and, geez, Vegas? Yeah, there's uh, a newer one. In Barstow. In Barstow? Yeah. Okay. There was an old one in Barstow, and now okay. there's a newer one, like, right off the freeway oh, okay. in Barstow. Um, well, you know, Justin, if the podcast never works out, you can have a good career at Walmart doing their find-a-location mapping. <laughs> in case their, like, app goes out. Yes. Like, you can just call me, and I'll tell people I mean, I was thinking the at Walmart, Walmart but yes, you could also have an independent bat cave of Walmarts and Targets, if Need be. Uh, yes, I know this is not your fault, and you get uh, some weird grief for it, even though this has nothing to do with what you do. <laughs> yeah, I understand, because it's, it's, it's frustrating to me when you work on something and design something, and it's planned to be like, okay, this it's going to hit on this date, in this set amount, and then, like, you know, anchors away, and then I'm, my, I'm sort of hands-off at that point, and then it goes, you know, any... Any number of things can, you know, go haywire and then cause it to be like, well, now it's only shipping to like three stores in the middle of Illinois and they get like 300 of them and then no one else gets anything. It's like, how does that even happen? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know the vagaries of distribution. Um, and uh, to top it off, uh, I, I've been in a, I'm in a weird situation here where specifically the characters that I have always wanted, you are making but they are Walmart exclusives, and in the L.A. area, if you live in L.A., you know... It's difficult, yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, there's two Walmarts here in the Valley, the one in Burbank and the one in Panorama City, and 
for some reason, they just haven't had any elite figures in months. They should be getting more. If, if uh, Without going into details, I know why that there was uh, sort of a gap between deliveries, but that's been resolved now. Great. And I've noticed, you know, just even on my, uh, you know, so just following the social media a little bit, that people are finding recent stuff, which is the way it should be. I mean... SummerSlam wave is hitting the week after SummerSlam. I found uh, the week before SummerSlam. Oh, that's great. Uh, that SummerSlam wave. That's Unfortunately, great. no Patterson, but uh, I found the Mabel. That's great. And I was, it, because it had been so long since I had found something in a store, <laughs> walking into Walmart and seeing that Mabel, which is another figure that like I have been dying for a Mabel in this line. I love the kind of weird, cartoony, 94, 95 era WWE. Uh, it's horrible, but I love... It's very bad programming, but it, <laughs> yes. it's, it's a goldmine for great toys because the stuff was just so bizarre just, and colorful. And put like walking in and finding that Mabel. Uh, Blake is someone that knows nothing about professional wrestling like we did the last time Bill was on. If I told you there's a wrestler named King Mabel. I would assume it has something to do with syrup, and he's from Canada. Could not be from Canada. And he's fighting with some sort of... Because it's like maple syrup and Mabel. 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 I don't... You know, I can't think of any other... Uh, It's a glorious figure. (laughs) It was great to find it on the shelf. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep going back to, uh, my Walmarts looking well, for what Patterson. What was he the and king of? King of the Ring. He was king of the Ring. Well, that just seems superfluous in the you, context you of something a, that's written. Do you want a tournament? I'm sure he did. Was he, did he, like, become not King Mabel after he lost? And well, the next year there was another two or King whatever. of the Ring winner. Okay. Did that person, do they become King Mabel, or does he just get reduced to, like, no, the artist became... formerly known as... He became King Steve Austin. Well, he didn't. Steve didn't Austin yeah, didn't Steve take Austin the moniker actually. So King Mabel evolved right. into King Steve Austin. Oh God, no! Uh, actually, King Mabel evolved into uh, Viscera. Okay. A, like, but he does lose undead, his title as King, uh, and subsequently the name Mabel when he loses his. Well, title. some of the kings have kept the king. Moniker when they've lost the king title. Look, uh, this is way too hard to explain. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we're going way out there. I think we need to pull this back in. I have already said what toys I bought recently. It was the Mabel figure from Walmart. Bill, did you buy any toys this week? Uh, yes, uh, last Friday uh, I was at a Walmart in Torrance and I found the uh, Marvel Legends um, Thor and Iron Man, the 80th anniversary figures. Oh, nice. Which are fantastic. They're uh, perfect, perfect versions. Yeah, they're really, they're really, really nice. It's And um, they, they seem to have like a weight to them, which seems like the regular Marvel Legends don't, especially the Iron Man, it seems heavier for some reason. I don't know. Huh. The sad part is, is their action figure aisle was under protective, pol- like, plexiglass, which, yes. I, which I've never seen before. Yeah. It's like, I only usually see that where, like, stuff like diapers and baby formula. That's like the same with the Walmart now in Panorama City. That's, cr- like... The Marvel Legends are behind 
this protective glass. It's like a gun case, like yeah. uh, or, or like one of those cases you would find like spray paint. Sure. Because so many people are ripping the figures right out of the packaging. Yeah, that's. I don't know. What an age we live in. We now have to protect the things meant for the children. The first time I found uh, the Walmart exclusive wave that had the build a heartbreak hotel Mm -hmm. was at that Walmart. Behind plexiglass? Uh, No, this is before they put the plexiglass in. Okay. So the heartbreak hotel parts were pulled out of every figure. And someone had taken all the shirts and chains off of Razor Ramon. Like, off of, like, eight Razor Ramon figures. Like what's, what's even the point? I mean, the Hawaiian shirt, I understand. Who doesn't want to put a bunch of Hawaiian shirts on other figures? <laughs> Bill, you're saying don't just, steal Hawaiian yeah, shirts from your toys? Don't, don't steal from our toys, please. It's, um, have some dignity. How far down the Marvel Legends 80th anniversary rabbit hole are you going? I don't collect... The movie figures, because I just don't have the same emotional attachment to it. But if, like, if anything showed up in the comics from, like, 1961 to, like, gosh, when did I really stop? Around, like, 2005, maybe? I'll probably get a figure. And then, like, every once in a while, like, a new, like, the Ms. Marvel. I got that, because it's, like, it's an interesting visual. Yeah. But, like, some of the, uh, like, more recent stuff, like, especially, like, some of the recent Spider-Man variants, it's like, I've never read this comic. I don't care. Like, they just showed a like a superior Dr. Octopus figure and it's like I hope the build a figure for that wave is inessential because I really don't want to buy that. But the white rabbit I'll get. Yeah, I'll get that white rabbit too. That's a very nice looking figure. Blake, you buy any toys this week? I did. Similar and with just as complicated as lore as wrestling. I've been tracking down the Marvel Legends X-Men figures. Nice. And I got the uh classic Cyclops that they did, the retro with the old backing and whatnot. Oh, great, yeah. I'm just a sucker for that card. It's the six-inch Marvel Legends on the old Toy Biz style card. Yeah, and this is... I kind of like what they're doing with the X-Men line, or if they've done it before, like Storm and Cyclops and Wolverine, they're getting a new costume. What's a little disappointing to me is my favorite Cyclops costume is the one from the 90s animated series, which is a very hard figure to find. So having, and which is also the Toy Biz Cyclops that I had. So that would have just been right up my alley. It works alley. both ways. Right. And this is the uh, Ecstatics, the blue with the white X on it. Yeah. Right. He, well, he wore that. That was kind of his, like, uh, beginning of X-Force yeah. type costume is what I usually associate that with. Right. And not, like, the solid black, blue, like, navy blue. It's, like, the bright blue and the white. Yeah. It's still a great figure and a great outfit. Oh, I, I love up, that era of uh, X-Men. Yeah, fantastic. But when it is next to like the other 90s classic figures they've been doing, the Magneto, the Nightcrawler, the Beast, there's like a Wolverine with that blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. I want that 90s Cyclops. But it's still great. I'm also just a sucker for the big, long beam accessory that now, he Now, they just released out. the 90s Cyclops, I want to say, two years ago. Yeah, it was... I could not find it, and now it's very expensive on the, you know, I'm not going to pay more than $25 for it. I'm certainly not going to pay 90 for it, which is That's where it was shame. sitting the last that time I saw shame. it. That is a shame. Wow. Man. Yeah, I feel like 
a lot of those 90s Marvel Legends figures that have come out like two, three years ago, people passed on. And now that they've seen that they're doing like literally every X-Men from the 90s, people want those figures and they're getting more and more difficult. But that Cyclops is coming back out in a three-pack. Which I will 100% be buying. Three heads on that Cyclops. Great. It's perfect. It's a phoenix. Get my Wolverine in there. It's amazing how quickly they're not only releasing these X-Men figures, but I'm able to be like, that's it. Those are all the X-Men I want. We're already through almost all of them that I would want. Yeah, they've done a a really good job now that they've started making X-Men again of just cutting right to like... yeah. And there's some weird ones thrown in there, too. Which is, you know, the X-Men is going to be full of weird ones. Eventually, I'll get my dupe. Uh, Yeah, they may. Yeah, dupe. Have they? Yeah, dupe actually was. was an accessory yeah. with the Toy Biz Deadpool. Yep. Way, way back. Ah. Uh, so yeah, one of the first probably Marvel Legends release. Yeah. Well, I'll keep my Maybe eye open. Maybe they can open. do like a Mr. Sensitive or something from the. That'd be great. Ecstatics. Eventually, there'll be nostalgia for that. And that's all. We'll get full yeah. toy lines of those characters. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's within the framework where I was still reading pretty heavily. So if they do it, I'll probably probably pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm always gonna be a sucker for like good X Men stuff, and we've had so much bad X Men stuff lately that it's nice to see it. It's almost like there was some weird thing where a studio had control and another studio was diminishing their quality. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, all right, let's uh, jump right into it here. So, Blake, as always with these wrestling toy episodes, yeah. you're going to have to hang in there with That's us. That's fine. One of these days, <laughs> we'll do like, I don't know what you 90s kids were into. Uh, a lot of them watched <laughs> wrestling. Most of my Yu-Gi-Oh, friends. Yu-Gi-Oh, I don't know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh. One of these days, we'll do a Yu-Gi-Oh episode and I'll be lost or... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tamagotchi? Were you a, sure. well, we, we could I do a Tamagotchi have, episode? I had I don't a know Tamagotchi. It got taken away from me by a nun at my private Catholic school. When okay. That was a chapter of my life. Well, keep listening for the Tamagotchi episode. Look forward to that story. I later would tell her that she killed a life and that that wasn't Christian of her. It did not go over well. My anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we're uh, keep those Tamagotchis alive. Uh, toy shopping in Japan, Japanese wrestling. Uh, as you've probably picked up on Blake, much like we have the WWE and AEW and other federations here in America, there are different wrestling federations all over the world. Sure, and one place in particular where professional wrestling is gigantic is Japan. They have several large organizations over there, the biggest being New Japan. And every January 4th, New Japan Pro Wrestling does the, like, Japanese version of WrestleMania. Okay. And for the last... How many years have you been going now, Bill? This is actually only my second trip. Uh, oh. The first one was... Uh, uh, Leaving 2017, going into 2018, and then this year, 2019. But I've already booked my hotel, and I have to book my flight for the next trip. So the the G1 tournament just wrapped up, the tournament that determines who goes 
and wrestles on that January 4th mm-hmm. show. So I feel like the card's starting to like come together, and you have everything set. You're headed back out there. Yeah, I have my... Uh I have tickets for the the two domes. I have my the only thing I don't have is my flight, because uh, last year I was able to get a flight for like a like almost like a song for like seven hundred dollars on Singapore Air, which is like one of the best airlines I've ever like the best airline I've ever flown on. Um, and this year I haven't been able to find that good of a bargain yet, so I'm kind of like pushing it off, but it's slowly. I'm not finding anything uh, great, so. But you have your Wrestle Kingdom tickets. I do have the tickets, yes. Um, or at least I don't have them, but I have I have someone who has, I will be giving them money when I get to Japan, like, give me the tickets. And then when I get over there also, you know, all the shows that run. In the lead up, basically, every night in Tokyo, there's if you're a wrestling fan, you can probably go to a show. Because they there's a place called Kurikan Hall, which is right next to the Tokyo Dome. And they run shows there almost every night of the week. And if it's not a pro wrestling show, it's like a boxing show or a kickboxing show. There's always a show there. And if they're not running Currican, there's other sort of smaller uh, gyms where they run shows as well. So if you're a... I mean, I love it because every night I can go and go... I can see a different style of show every night. Like one day, one day I can go see like a death match and the next night I can see All Japan Pro Wrestling. And then the next night after that I can go see stardom which is the women's wrestling and then the next day you know, pro wrestling noah and then you have the new japan and the dome and then right before that you see the another women's wrestling show from a different league with different characters and you know with all the, like their dance routines they do it's like it's like it's almost like sensory overload but it's like for like two weeks it's like i, I would compare it to comic-con where it's just like you go to you go to a certain place you you live in like a non-reality for a while and then you have to leave so that's what i, I did that one time i'm like i'm doing this until I run out of money or die, whichever comes first. This sounds incredible. And I know that even though you're going over there mainly to watch wrestling, mm-hmm. you're also doing a lot of toy shopping while you're over there. I go over there with, like, two half-empty bags. And both times I've left with four full bags. <laughs> like, the two bags I check and then, like, two can bags, which I get at shops, you know, and they're, they're, they're full of merchandise. It's just... There's too much cool stuff in Japan. Now, are these, like, stuff that you're paying, like, retail for? Are you going to specialty shops? Like, how does it really work over there? In terms of toys, uh, most of the toys I buy are not what's available sort of currently in Japan. Like, there's, they don't carry, there's only, like, one shop in Japan that carries what I work on. And it's, like, a specialty shop in Akihabara. And Akihabara is, I'm sure if everyone that's sort of, like, interested in, like, uh, I guess it's like called called otaku culture or anime or video games that knows of Tokyo. It's the Akihabara district. It's like the game district where you get all your uh, your Gundam models, your your video games. Yeah, that's the place where uh, everyone goes to get their you know vintage video games. Uh, so if someone's heading over to Japan and they want to do some toy shopping specifically for Japanese toys, that's the district to head to. Go to Akihabara. Akihabara. And you will probably, you'll probably find what you're looking for. Like there was only one, like sort of anime style character that I was looking for, and I'm like, if I see it in Akihabara, I'm gonna buy it because I can't imagine there's anywhere else on the planet where I would find this. And sure enough, I found it, and it was like it wasn't cheap, but it's like I'm never gonna find this again. So I can't, I can't fly all the way to Japan, see it, and then have buyers regret not getting it and fly back, and it's like ah, eh, just 
Now, had you ever been toy shopping in Japan before? Because I know with your I've job, never been, I've never been to Japan before. Really? Yeah, this is the first time I went. Was in when the first trip, and it was just like. But it, you knew it, going in, you were going to buy a bunch of stuff. I knew going in that I wanted to buy a bunch of stuff. Like, it, like if they have the action figures, if they have like the the wrestling catalogs, which I have a few that I got through like high spots. If they have these, I'm going to buy a lot of those. If they have um, shirts. From certain characters, you know, the, like the wrestlers that are, you know, the Japanese wrestlers, if they have some of those, didn't buy as many of those, but it's because, like, you know. But, and there were certain books I wanted to buy. There's a certain sort of, like, Japanese picture puzzles I really love, and I thought I might find some of those, and I found, like, way too many. Like, I have years worth of these now just to whittle away my time until I die with. It's... So outside of, like, wrestling stuff, was there other action figures you were looking to buy over there? Yeah, there was a Dragon Quest Seven figure, which is the one I was talking about, that uh, the hero figure, which I found three of the four, weirdly, in a toy store in Naples, Italy, believe it or not. Huh. And I think they were sitting on the shelf for, like, since release, because it was a very strange toy store. It was, like, a mix of, like, brand new product, but, like, really old product. Like, they didn't, like, rotate their stock very well, but they just had, like, three of the four characters, and it's, like, how much are these? And they were, like, 15 euro, which is, like... 17 bucks each. It's like, I know these are... Right, in, yeah. Like, in the U.S., this would not be 15 euros. So. <laughs> but the, the last character was considerably more than 15 euros, 17 dollars, but... So how do the prices compare over there in Japan for, like, Japanese-made figures? Because I always wonder, like, when I'm paying, mm-hmm. like, $300 for a hot toy here in the U.S., I always wonder, like, if how look- much would this cost me in a store in Hong Kong? Hong Kong is a little different from Japan. I think I'm not sure because I don't buy hot toys. But I know Hong Kong is where they make the hot toys. So I think the people that I work with that 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 collect hot toys when they go to Hong Kong on business because we have offices there, they always go to the hot toy showroom and buy them there. So I'm assuming that they're cheaper there than than getting them here. I know absolutely. Not. I mean, I'm not a 12 inch person. I, mean, I can I can understand why people buy them. Yeah. Because you look at them and it's like almost uncanny how close they are to like the actual person. But I'm more of like, I like to do, um, accumulate a large, uh, sort of like, I'd rather build an army than own like really good uh, generals, so to speak. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. So like uh, the Dragon Slayer figure. Yeah. Uh, how much would that cost you in America versus buying it in Japan? In the U, uh, it cost me about 110 US dollars, and I have not seen it on eBay for less than 200. So, Man, there is a savings. Yeah. It's worth the plane ride over there, especially yeah for the especially for the the Japanese wrestling figures because some of the I mean I was getting stuff for like a thousand yen, which is like ten bucks, and if, you know if I tried first of all I couldn't even find these in the US because. Some of them, like some of like the the bigger carry, bigger um, online retailers or eBay shops, like they'll carry like the people that everyone knows, like Muda, uh, um, Masahiro Chono, Jushin Liger. Like they'll carry those because they know that Americans know them. But like some of like the more lesser known, you know, New Japan wrestlers from back in the day. You know, I'm not sure. Like a Shinjiro Otani, who I love from you know when I saw him in. Uh, WCW, and then went back and saw some of the, the Super J Cup from back in the day. It's like, this guy's awesome. He's an action figure. It's like, I'm in. It's really weird to me with how accessible Japanese wrestling is in America these days. 
that you can't, that the merch is not, like, readily available. I know we're getting the shirts now. Well, um, if you go, like, I think that's because there isn't a, there's no manufacturer right now making, like, a mass production line of Japanese action figures for wrestling, even with sort of, like, the resurgence of New Japan. I'm, I think there might be an American company that's making New Japan figures for the American market, but I'm not sure right now if there's a Japanese manufacturer that's making sort of the, like the, uh, the Chara Pro figures, which yeah. is what we're discussing today right now. Cause it, the, from just from sort of like an outsider's perspective, the, the Japanese action figure market is, there's no sort of middle ground. It's either like a, a $10, um, blow molded figure that hangs on a peg in a store and it's got five points for articulations, which is, you know, arm leg. It's almost like a giant blow molded classic star Wars figure. Or you have your sixty to seventy dollar SH figure arts or a Koti Biukia. I'm, I'm sure I slaughtered that name for anyone that really knows what I'm talking about. The figure arts figures is a good example. Like, do you know what the price difference is buying one of those over there? I I don't because I that's not I don't collect them, so yeah. I've never really sort of budgeted it out. Like I've never even looked at a price because it's like I know I'm not buying this, so I don't care what it costs. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> And not that they're bad. I mean, when you look at them, like when people show me them, I appreciate like this is this is a this is a quality product, right? Like I don't I don't mean to, but it's just it's not it's not what I want to when I collect action figures. It's not the way I want to collect them. I completely understand that, um, Blake. See, I can turn on my television here. Mm-hmm. And I can watch New Japan live right. through their app. But if I want to buy something, any piece of merchandise from their official store, you have to, if you're outside of Japan, you have to use a third party. And the New Japan store ships your item to that third party address in Japan. And then that company ships it to you. It shouldn't be that difficult. No, that seems like a long road to, you know, essentially order something from Amazon Japan. And some of these figures that Bill brought today, there's literally no way to get these in the U.S. There was, oh, wow. Yeah, there was never a U.S. distributor for these. I only found them because I went to, a, when I lived in suburban Chicago, there was a Kane County toy show, which is about, about 40 miles west. And I didn't even know they existed. And I went one day, and this is actually the same day as uh, King of the Ring uh, 1998, which is the McFoley Hell in the Cell match. So in terms of like wrestling days, like nothing's ever beaten this one. Uh, but I went there, and they had like there was one retailer there that was a, a you know had a bunch of wrestling figures, but then they had these these small Japanese figures, and I'd never seen them before. And it was like Great Muda. Jushin Liger, Masahiro Chono, Shinya Hashimoto, uh, just like all the big names from that period in um, in New Japan, and I was like, oh my god, how much was it? They were twenty bucks a pop, which at the time was kind of expensive. I mean, this was back when like maybe like a Jax figure was like five six bucks, right? So it's like twenty bucks was like not an insignificant amount of money, but it's like <laughs> I don't know, you curse on this. I'm like, fuck, man, these are not these are. I'm definitely taking these. 
and I was like hooked. I was just, I thought they were the coolest things in the world. Cause it's like when you, it's almost like it's, it's, you couldn't really do it now. Cause like things just don't magically appear just cause information is so overwhelming. Right. But when you find something, it's like, you don't even know it exists. And it's like, it's perfect for like, this exists. And if like, and I can't believe I lived in a world where this didn't exist. And before I'm so happy I found out about this. It's almost like a secret. And you look in magazines and, you know, they're not covered in, like, Tomarts or Lee's action figure renews or Toy Fair. Like, none of, the, like, the publications that are now, like, dead and gone, they had it. There was not much information on them online because online it was still sort of just, I don't even know if eBay was, might have been new, like, brand new at that point. But it's like, you know, the way I, way you got, at least in the Chicago area, the way you got sort of hard to find toys back in the day was going to King County Toy Show. And on this particular day, they had these these Japanese wrestling figs, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest day of my life!" And then Mick Foley falls off the cell. I'm like, "This is the greatest day of my life." <laughs> so, did you buy? How many of those figures did you buy? I bought then? six. I spent 120 bucks, and that was back when I didn't have a job, and the 120 bucks was a hard hit. <laughs> right. Like that was, that was. I can't even begin to like think like how would I how would I get this back? But it's like these are like, but it wasn't even a question. It's like these are. I'll figure out how I'm going to make that back in the ensuing months. So, so once you, once you found these, yes, did you think there's got to be more? Did you start searching for others? I tried, yeah, I tried finding out more information on, but it was it was a little hard. And then I think I went back the next show, and there were more characters. I think they had like a Kendo Kashin and a Shinjiro Otani, Koji Kanemoto, uh, El Samurai. Sort of like they had like the the juniors, uh, like the big, you know, the, the famous juniors from the 90s era. So, and then slowly but surely I started finding, you know, more and more places would list. Like you'd find a few on eBay, but it was characters I already had. And then I think High Spots was like the first time where I saw a U.S. carrier, a U.S. retailer that had like a bunch of these. So at one point I uh, put a big order, like I think it was 2003. I got like Great Sasuke and Bruiser Brody, like stuff that's like really like insanely expensive, especially that Bruiser. The Bruiser Brody I got for like 40 bucks, which at the time was like, I can't believe I'm paying 40 bucks for a figure. Now you try to find it. And I slice it off the card too. So it's like, I'll probably. But yeah, I mean, these things are. Um, um, I mean, there was, and then every once in a while you'd see like they had new characters, but like they'd be real expensive and you didn't have a job. So it's like, it's like, oh, great need up. But it's like, that's 70 bucks. But it's like, oh, I want that so bad. But it's like, I, I, I can't justify that. And then eventually it falls off high spots and it's like, well, I guess I'll never see that again. And then you go to, a, <laughs> you, you actually fly to Japan and you go to a store that, you know, and you like, I guess like the the uh, I just, this would be the segue to talk about Tudacon, I guess, because Tudacon has sort of kind of grown in prominence recently in um sort of like the American wrestling scene. I think it's like it's not a secret anymore, which is might might be bad because I know that like a whole bunch of like American collectors will probably want to go there and buy this stuff. So I was ho- hopefully I hoovered up enough of that I really wanted before. And a lot more American fans are flying over to Japan to watch wrestling. Oh matches. yeah, and if you go, I mean, if you go to Japan, you go to the Dome, you go to Kurikan, you go to Tudokan, and you go to Ribera. I mean, if you go to those four spots, you've sort of like done the Japanese wrestling tourist uh, 
uh, deal. And maybe if, if there's a show at, at the Sumo Hall or uh, um, I think there's there's one other. I think it's like First Ring, which is like a small, it's almost like they're wrestling in a garage. It's a very odd place. And a lot of our friends go over there to hit up the theme parks as well. They go to Tokyo Disney and uh, the Universal Park over there. So as more and more people go over there that collect stuff, I figure, you know, more people will be bringing stuff back, and some of these hidden gems will become a yeah, little and less the, hidden. And I think the great thing about Japan is that the the culture sort of reveres, um, not reveres, but it's it's still there's there's a little connection between like physical goods, like it's like it's really technologically advanced, but there's still like a a huge market for DVDs and CDs and books. Like, there's so many bookstores over there, and it's, like, it's all sorts of books that I love. It's, like, these these catalogs. Like, I love I love character catalogs, and I just love catalogs of stuff. Like, even... And I, I buy stuff I can't read it yet. But it's, like, at one day, it's, like, I'll, at some point, I figure, I might learn to read Japanese, you know, God willing. And then once I do, I'd want to have this, so when I do, I can figure it out. Man, it seems weird that they would be, like, so into physical media over there when... Like, I feel like you always think of them as, like, being on the forefront of technology. Yeah, it's, but it's, there's also, like, um, that part, but it's also, from what I, and I'm coming at it from, like, you know, just an outsider, but what I observed is, like, there's still, like, little traditions that seem, like, so antiquated, maybe, but they still do, like, when you give change at a, from, for money, they have this little tray, and they just put the money. Instead of handing you the money in your hand, they put it in the tray and give you the tray. And it's like it's just a little thing, but it's like it's an un, like it's a really sort of in practical terms, it's an unnecessary step, but that's their tradition, and that's what they're gonna do. And I think it's also like the physical medium. It's like there is, I think there is a value in collecting there that sort of is reflected in the in the fact that uh, you know. You can have something on like a streaming service, but you don't actually have that. But if you have a DVD from a show you went to in 2003, you have that. And that's sort of like why I can relate to that because I, I really like, especially with like comic books, like it'd be so much easier to just get an iPad and put it all on like a, but it's like, I like having the book. I like, me too. you know, like I'm a sucker for these Marvel omnibuses too. And it's like, they're heavy and thick and they're like. You almost feel like they're never going to stop when you're reading them. It's like, is this, am I, am I ever going to finish this? But like once you finish it, there's like a sense of accomplishment that you don't get by like <laughs> scrolling through. You put a, it on the iPad. shelf. Yeah. You have it. You big, own heavy it. Book. It's like, I finish it. Boom. And it's like, bends the bookcase. So what did you bring back from Japan to show us? <coughs> I brought some package samples of some of my more notable finds. And purchases. I guess I'll start with uh, this. Is this is a? I mean, this is the Muda in NWA face paint. This is probably one of the more common uh, ones to find in the U.S. Just because at the time Muda was a big deal in the U.S. and it was NWO. So this is one that sort of, if you're a U.S. collector of Chara Pro, you probably have the NWO Muda. And if you don't, you want it because it is a cool piece. And then. This is, poss- this is like the jewel of my collection right now. It's the Minton. I don't know if it's a Minton card, but it's on card. Uh, Kenta Kobashi, in the orange trunks. Oh man! From Noah, and I, I met him at uh, uh, Starcast before the Double or Nothing, and I unapologetically marked out. And... Now, are these all made by the same company? 
I believe they're all they made by. Represent different wrestling I believe companies. They, I could be wrong, but I believe they're all made by a company called Chara Pro. I know that you don't do pan hour because it's on the package, but if they're not made by that company, they're made in a style very similar because you could put these, you know, when you line them up on your shelves, like they're all in the same height range. Uh, they're all meant to be, you know, in scale to each other. Like, like the great Sasuke figure is smaller and thinner than, you know, the Hashimoto or a guy who's got a stockier frame. That's great. Yeah. These two are kind of interesting. This is the Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura figures. Oh, wow. And this, these are interesting because these are two of the last ones ever produced. Like, Chara Pro, the New Japan business at the time these came out was kind of sliding into that, that funk where they were in for like about, you know, between like 2003 to 2007 where they were kind of like, you know, almost out of business, to, you know, to do poor business. And I think Chara Pro stopped making them. But like at the time, like these were like the two hottest new talents. And obviously they've both gone on to, you know, sort of justify the hype, so to speak. Yeah, Tanahashi is like the... Uh... Uh, Japanese John Cena. Like, he's okay. been, like, the biggest wrestler in New Japan for about a decade now. Yeah. And it's funny. The figure is basically him, like, a year removed from being, like, a young boy. So there's really not much to it. I mean, if you think of Tana, what Tanahashi looks like now and how great that would look as an action figure. Yeah. This is... I mean, if you're looking at this for the first time, you're going to be severely disappointed. Yeah, he's just, just wearing tights. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing sort of, like, off-orange tights and white boots with some deco on the... Uh, the knee pads, it's really, from a visual standpoint, it's, it's, it, there's nothing to it, but it's the first action, fi- it's, I think it's the only Chara Pro of Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I think there are some, um, sort of static figures that, uh, companies have made, but nothing with the, any articulation. Yeah, a surprisingly few, like, it really is bizarre that there hasn't been a major toy line for modern New Japan wrestling. I'm not. I think that might be because of the the way the Japanese toy market is. Like, I I'm not sure at this point. Like, if if action figures are of, of real people are a mass market uh, mass market thing. Because I mean, I didn't see our stuff, the Mattel WWE line, in any toy stores I went into, and I did look. Uh, I didn't even really see a lot of um, Marvel stuff, or except for like the the high end, uh, you know, the seventy eighty dollar ones. There's huh. a lot of a lot of robots and a lot of pre posed uh, sort of statues based off of you know anime prop, like a lot of One Piece and stuff that I don't like. I don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. But it seems to be like very very popular because there's a That's lot of interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of stuff based off video games. Like there was a lot of stuff for Dragon Quest, which is. I know it's got like a cult following in the U.S., but it's huge. It's there. huge in Japan. Everyone like it's it's almost like how the the 3DS, the Nintendo handheld systems there are just like a phone to us. Everyone on their train station has one. The Game Boy was giant, and all of those like Pokemon, Dragon Quest, those very portable games have just been immediate in their culture. Yeah. Monster Hunter is the same way, and there are and there are there are little. Um, figures I think that the companies have put out but it's like very small body with like a huge head almost like a like sort of similar like a Funko Pop where like it's the like, Nindroids? Yeah that's one of them but it's also it's Love either those. that or it's like a pre-posed statue where you have like Nakamura in the middle doing the the yeah. or uh, uh, 
Tanahashi, you know, doing the the high fly flow. Yeah, I'm just not into those. I'm not into those either. But it's like you look in like the like the detailing when you do those is amazing. Like especially for someone like uh, Tanahashi, because there's so much detail on the outfit. Just I and mean, it's it's from from an execution standpoint, they're immaculate. It's just not what I'm into. Right. Yeah. So. As much in like Okada, you know, doing the Rainmaker pose and like the full robe. And it's like, God, man, if that was only like half the size and articulated, I would so want that. I know that uh, Super 7 is going to be doing New Japan figures here in the U.S., but I don't know if those are going to be available in Japan. I have no idea. I, I've heard that they're doing the reaction, which I really, I'm not, I don't, not a, I'm not a fan of them, to be honest with you. I mean, if you are, I don't mean to be. It's just not my thing. Yeah, they're for uh, they're for a specific type of yeah. collector. Yeah. Uh, but if yeah, they are doing something similar to what I work on, I would be very interested in that, and I hope they would be, you know, of a quality where they could fit in seamlessly with what I do. I would love that. I think they're doing, besides the reaction, I think they're doing seven inch. Okay, so that that most likely would slide into. Yeah, I think it'll be yeah. pretty close. I hope so. I, I would. There's there's potential for a really great line there. If you could make any figure in in either modern or past New Japan, who would mm-hmm. it be? Right now it'd be Tomohiro Ishii. And the second would be Shingo Takagi. And it's not because they had that great match. It's like I was I was really I was I loved Ishii because he looks like like almost like I don't what's it's almost like you're wrestling a rock or something. <laughs> He has or no he, neck. He's got absolutely no he neck. Is, he walks. He, is, he doesn't walk with his hands out to the sides. It's like he walks with like the hand. It's almost like uh, the other person, the only person I've seen walk like this is uh, uh, Albert, where instead of walking with the hands <laughs> to the side, they walk with like the hands facing forward, and they swing like that. But he's like short. He wears like short boots, like they're barely above the ankle, um, and he's just like, I know. If if we went on our line, like the amount of unique tooling we would need to do to pull this guy off would be like he'd probably be like from scratch because he's kind of hunched over. Yeah, it's like, and a like really unique. But the guy's, every part of him's unique. <laughs> but he looks like someone who could like really fuck your shit up. And when you watch him in the ring, it's like yeah, he's uh he's legit. And then last year, like they call him the Stone Pitbull. Stone Pitbull. Well, that makes sense based on what you just described to me. That I would have been able to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Mabel. The Japanese and wrestling year, makes a lot more sense. Than last year, that's. Fascinating. Last year, I fell in man love with uh, Shingo Takagi during the the Bola. Last year, he was just un fucking believable in that in that show, and it's like I know. And then he uh, he uh, signed to New Japan, so it's like, well, I guess not coming back to Bola, but but I I watched the uh, their match, and it was like the greatest monster fight I've ever seen. Like just two really tough guys just pounding the dog shit out of each other for twenty minutes. Uh, what else do you? What else did you? Well, bring? I brought also brought some of the the more unusual samples. That the, one of the really cool things about Chara Pro figures is that almost every figure is a unique tool, and I'm not sure how they were able to do this because I know based on what I do that this is very expensive to tool something from scratch. But they also tooled some very strange, some strange things. One of the strangest ones from a New Japan perspective is the homeless Antonio Inoki figure. <laughs> Because at one point, Antonio Inoki, and I don't know much about this program because I didn't watch it at the time, but, I, but I've seen some... Inoki was big in like the 70s and 80s. He was like the Hogan. He's the guy that fought Muhammad okay. Ali yeah. in the boxer versus wrestler match. Like he's 
he's a he's legit. Like he's probably one of the, the top five stars in the history of Japanese wrestling. So people that don't know, you know, it's almost like Hulk Hogan. It's like you you might not follow wrestling, you might not know wrestling, but you know who Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. Like in Japan, like you know who Noki is. And for some reason, they did a program, uh, an angle, I guess, where he was homeless and wearing rags. <laughs> this is amazing. And they made a full tooled figure out of homeless Inoki. This is amazing. This is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, imagine if they made a homeless Hulk Hogan figure. Like, he's literally wearing tattered clothes. He has no shoes on. Like, this is just a great figure, even and if you're you can, not a wrestler. And you could never <laughs> use that tooling on anything else. Like, you couldn't put another head on it and make another character. I don't even know if you could make a homeless figure in America. No. Like, I know, uh, what was it, the Tramp from Dick Tracy? Like, yeah. Even back in the 90s, yeah, that got a... pulled. And another one, Man, I just I got this two-pack. I didn't actually get this in Japan. I got this... Uh, through a trade with someone. I'll forgive you. It's the, the two-pack of Giant Singh and Giant Silva. <laughs> who Giant Silva was actually uh, oh in the oddities. Oh, my God, yes. And Giant Singh uh, later signed with WWE as the uh, the great Kali. This is back wow. when... Uh, it's just two... He very, was... Uh, was he Golga in the oddities? No, he was... Uh, giant. Uh, he was, uh, oh, I think it was right. just Giant Silva. Or Silva. Yeah, because you had Kurgan, Silva, Golga. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I was confusing him with Kurgan. Yeah. Blake, the oddities were a Eastern European... Uh, well, they started as like an Eastern European paramilitary group sure. that was run by a Manson-esque cult leader. Uh, and then they became sideshow characters that were aligned with the insane clown posse that all tracks uh that's amazing that's one of my favorite pieces that and the homeless at anoki these are great and then possibly the strangest figure i have in my collection this is the action figure of a character called razor ramon hard gay (laughs) (laughs) razor ramon Hard gay. Well, actually, the, well, the, that's the name of the character. Because it's a, a children's product, the action figure is called Razor Ramon HG. But the HG stands <laughs> for hard gay. And it's, it, it's very hard to just... Dis- it's, um, it's a thin uh, Japanese man in leather underwear, a leather vest, very short boots, a leather... I think a leather, leather daddy leather is what this is usually referred to as. Yeah. Uh, and he is in a fabulous pose. Yes. Uh, this is fantastic. Do yourselves a favor. Look this up. Um, I have never heard of him as a wrestler. <laughs> I have never heard. I have never actually watched him wrestle, but I have seen videos uh, on uh, YouTube where, and this is uh, of him doing appearances on like Japanese television, where he'll he'll like there'll be children playing the playground. And he'll just run up to them and just yell out, hard gay, and start rubbing his crotch, like, uh, like an inch <laughs> from these kids' faces, while the parents of those kids are just sitting there laughing hysterically. And he's also somehow Razor Ramon? And, and the fact that he's called Razor Ramon, like he just ripped off, you know. Is a, there a full, like, hard gay click? Is there a diesel hard gay? I don't. A one, two, three kid hard gay? This is the only one I know about, Razor Ramon hard gay. I'm not. How did you find this? <laughs> 
I, I didn't know this existed until I walked into Totocon the first time. Uh, and when I saw it, I was just like, I couldn't believe that they had an action figure of, of Razor Remote Hard Gay. So it's like, I don't care how much this costs. This is going home. And it turns out it wasn't the most expensive thing I bought that day. So it's like, this is, you know, so much the best. I mean, but you were, but all, you were already never, aware of Razor Ramon Hard Gay the man. I had heard of him, but it, it had been a while. Because I think this, his, this was, I first, when YouTube sort of debuted around 2004, 2005, like that was one of like the first sort of viral things I think on YouTube was Razor Ramon Hard Gay. I have never heard of this. Yeah, this is all <laughs> new information. I heard of it. But it's, uh, yeah, and it was just like, I don't know, maybe I might have been trolling more me- wrestling message boards, or maybe it was like something on WrestleCraft at the time, and it's like... I also, I was a late adapter to the internet. Yeah. I have no excuse. <laughs> That's just brand new. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's hard to believe that, like, and if you look at it, it's like, this is also, like, you would never use this tooling for no, anything ever no again. Way. Like, there's nothing you can reuse. And it's a very distinct pose. I mean, he might be <laughs> locked in place. He might not have... I think he almost has to be. Yeah, I think so. But it's... The fact that that exists makes me so, so happy. <coughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that or any, any homeless versions. Uh, man, I completely understand this now. Yeah, and getting... I mean, the, the Tutacan place that I've described, the first year, it actually changed locations between the first and the second trip. The first location was like really near the dome so you could you could hit the the dome you could hit Kurikin. there was a bookstore right in between sort of um the the Tudacan and uh the dome which had like a magazine rack which had like thousands of of wrestling magazines and books which is another thing about japan i love is like they treat wrestling more i mean i think i think they realize it's a performance but they treat it a lot more seriously it's a more ingrained in the culture uh, as far as something that, you know, there's a regular ma- magazine, a weekly magazine, there's newspapers after the, do- you know, after the Dome show, the front page of some of the sports newspapers are, you know, highlights from the show, which that would never happen, except like the host show, the host town of WrestleMania sometimes puts, you know, a picture from WrestleMania on the cover of the, the newspaper because it's a big local story, but it's like, if it's not in that, you're not, that's not going to be anywhere else in the... And again, that's why it's so bizarre that there's not a current toy line even over there in Japan. Yeah, I would think at this point with the uh, sort of the explosion in popularity of, of New Japan, even in Japan, it's like, um, it's it's continuing to grow even after some of, like, they've lost some pretty significant talent, you know, both at the beginning of 2016 and then at the beginning of 2019, they've lost... You know, significant. You know, talent has been scooped up and out of there. You know, to to and but it still continues to grow, and they they still put on you know really amazing shows. Uh, so you're headed back over there this coming January. What uh, any figures that you're already searching out for that you're looking to get when you're over there? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope that maybe like the Great Nita figure that I didn't get before. I hope that's there. I know that. Uh, I know Hawkins and Ryder, they went and did like a video blog of, they went to Tudacon as well, and fucking Kurt Hawkins found a Stan Hansen figure, which was, not, saw, which was yes. not there when I went there. That thing is, I would love that. Oh my That's... god, yeah, and I would have, yeah, I mean, if that was there, that was going on with me if that was there, and also, I really would like uh, a Dorian Terry Funk. Yeah, 
I'd like a funk, yeah. I'd like a Terry. Man. I'd also like I'd like to get the FMW figures. I was a big fan of FMW. I have those. Oh, you do? Yeah, the the Zandig. Yeah. And the uh the Junkasai. I want an Oni- I want the Onita. I have I have that with the where he's flicking yeah, the wait, yeah. yeah, he's flicking the bird. There's an action figure where one of the, the action figures, his name is Atsushi Onita. It's like this mean looking guy in a leather jacket. He's smoking a cigarette and his in his right hand he's like flicking raising his hand, flicking the bird. This is not an action figure. It's the greatest thing you've ever seen. Japan is great, Blake. It's Japan, the best. Japan is the best. Um, let's see. Where was I gonna? I know I had another segue there. You're about eight minutes from an hour. If oh, you're, great, man! That yeah. flew by. We really went into some deep stuff there at the end, like some <laughs> FMW. That uh, it doesn't get much more weird. Uh, Deep Japanese nineties wrestling yeah. than that. So I'm assuming no one's listening still. Or maybe maybe <laughs> people are just like, what the fuck is this? And they're no, there. It's, it's... Let's talk about Hawkins and Ryder for a moment. Uh, because Zack Ryder doesn't know anything about Japanese wrestling. Yeah. What's I, up with that? <laughs> it's it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. When he can acquire an entire pulpy collection and not even realize, like, what he's buying. But, you know. Look, I know you guys are friends. I've seen you karaoke. Friends is, well, friends is I don't want to, like, talk ill of the man oh, here. Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, learn some Japanese wrestling, Ryder. Yeah. That's... At least, like, watch a Harley Race and Terry Funk match from Japan before you how, buy the figures. How dare you... And deny them from people that actually How have. dare you even speak Harley Race's name with what has happened with that figure? Oh, yeah. That one, again, that was... It did not... It did not release in the optimal manner. I realize this. It's, uh... It happens. It happens. Uh... How, how, how far is Japan? How far? Like in like mileage? Yeah. I have well, I, I don't know, but I can. It's about look, a I nine hour plane out. ride too, and about a. Uh, um, I'm talking about a ten hour plane ride too. About a nine hour plane ride back. How many miles to Japan from America? I do wonder how someone. We'll you know, if you live in New York and work work there instead. consistent basis, you know. Five thousand three hundred and fifty five miles, California to Japan. Yeah, that's not a short flight. Also, the same amount of miles I've driven looking for Sensational Sherry and Pat Patterson. Oh, is that the... <laughs> see, I see. Okay, I see what that, why you really asked that question. Yeah, I was like, that's a strange one Set up. to get. Okay, I get Sorry. It. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you, Bill. I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said some nice things to me earlier in the podcast, but I'll let it slide. Uh, I wouldn't joke if I didn't want these so <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, see, how do we wrap this up? We're almost in an hour. Um, I mean, we could just do a, that's our show. Do you want to do a toys you would look for in Japan? We could do a, uh, if we crossed over WWE and Japan wrestling, what combination character would you want to make? That's a question we could ask. We could also just keep this entire bit in the show and people could just see us try to do it on the fly. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Uh, well, then you throw something out, Justin. I don't know. Bill, great <laughs> job at Comic-Con this year. 
Uh, before we go, uh, loved everything that you guys showed. I always feel like the WWE Mattel panel, one of the last great Comic Con toy panels. <laughs> And we I think had it's one of the last toy panels. Period. Yeah, I was like, if we not, ha- there were, I, I don't understand why Comic Con doesn't have more toy panels. Well, now you've got that weird Funko party that secretly happens. But with I the like CEO what I I want. I want more panels like Bills and like the Marvel Legends panels. Yeah, the Mattel WWE panel, the Hasbro Marvel Legends panel. They're both great panels every year, and there's just less and less of those. And I feel like. There should be like an indie toy panel. There should be like a NECA toy panel. Like, I just wish that there's so much fun. And I, I, it bothers me when people say, like, oh, why do you go down there when you're just going to see the reveals right away online anyway? It's so much fun to be in that room and watch you guys do the slideshow where you do the reveals. It's one of my favorite things. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love being on the panel. Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it comes across as tooting my own horn too much, but it's just, there is something really cool about like looking out over a sea of people and thinking like, there's at least some people because we have like the WWE people on the panel. We have like actual superstars, like people you watch on TV every week. But it's like, it's kind of cool to think like there's people like in that audience that are like they're there to see you. I mean that's that's so cool. I mean I don't even know how to to describe it. I uh, a lot of great surprise reveals this year. So happy about Greg the Hammer Valentine. So happy about um, that Gorilla Monsoon's ending up back in the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurricane's fantastic. That Oh, the Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Is that a Walmart exclusive as well? That will be, yes. Um, I think there was one other. And do you know a placement for the Greg the Hammer yet? Um, I don't think I'm allowed to say. Understood. And also, just wanted to say... Uh, In China. You missed the the big one. I, thought, I know. I thought you were. <laughs> I didn't want to step on you. I wanted to make uh, you mention China. But yeah, we we right before the show, we just got the rights to China, and we're already working on our first China figure. And believe me, that will not be the last. Man, yeah, that was a giant surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I never thought. I never thought we'd get the rights either. I never thought we'd get the rights, and then, you know, it seems like. Stars align at certain points. Like, I never thought we'd get Kurt Angle. I never thought we'd get the Hardy Boys back. You know, back in the day, I never thought I'd do Sting. Like, there's very few people that, like, when you think, like, in terms of gaps in a Mattel collection, like, there's very few sort of big heavy hitters that we have not, you know, represented in our line. One last uh, Mattel question before we go, just because I... This was talked about on the internet last week, and you probably can't say whether it's true or not, but Brian Alvarez from The Observer mm-hmm. said that he talked to someone within WWE yes. that said that the Bray Wyatt lantern head will yes. come with the Fiend figure. Yeah, I don't know where he got that information from. That's I, what I figured. But with that being said, like the first time I saw that was... was a, We're taping this... SummerSlam would have been the first time. Yeah. So if he says that on Tuesday, it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't by the time this comes out. Right. Chances are, when I saw that, when I saw the lantern, I'm like, oh, that'd be even cool as hell accessory. So it might turn out to be true down the line, but when he said it, 
it was it wasn't it wasn't true when you said it, but that doesn't mean that the figure won't come with the lantern because I didn't even you know if I get reference for that if I get reference for that lantern I'm sculpting that lantern. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, Blake, what I'm talking about is former uh, swamp cult leader Bray Wyatt has broken the spirited curse put on him by the spirit of Sister Abigail. Sure. Uh, and he broke this by going into Matt Hardy's uh, Lake of Reincarnation at his compound. Well, that's just science. Uh, and now over time, he has suppressed the Bray Wyatt swamp mm-hmm. cult leader character and he now has a new persona of a uh, demonic clown called the Fiend, who also is like a Mister Rogers Kids TV show host. And the evil clown Fiend carries a lantern that's made out of the head of Bray Wyatt, the old swamp cult leader. Yeah, okay. I can follow that. Bill, if people want to follow you. I'm mostly down to Instagram, I think, at this point. I'm I think and I think it's Bill McKenna. Uh if you look at a if you look up in the corner it's a, a sweaty drawing of my sweaty head. That's probably me. Although someone actually created a fake account of mine. This was crazy. And also like how you know you've hit a level of fame. But A, I haven't hit that level of fame. So I don't know why like someone wasted their time doing this. Like I it, was it was I was driving back from Comic-Con and I got a friend request on Instagram from this fake bill account <laughs> on my personal Instagram account. And I knew right away, boom, Bill has hit a new level of fame. <laughs> so does that mean he's also going through Bill's Followers and following, yeah, and find, because wow. he followed me and he followed Mike Carlson. So yeah, he put out requests to like basically everyone that I follow, and I'm I'm getting I, I, that night I got a bunch of things. It's like, do you, is this is this you? And I'm like, no, I don't know. Like, it's it's fucking bizarre. I've seen this happen to other famous friends of mine. So, but those are famous. Yes, friends. I have called you a famous. But I'm not famous. I'm a <laughs> you, fucking you toy designer. No, you are now famous. I'm not, I'm... My guess is people only do this stuff to cause mayhem. So my guess is it had to be someone disgruntled by what you guys didn't show at the panel. I, I, listen, like I was, like I'm basically down to Instagram because I enjoy it. Like I'm kind of like I find. I find a lot of social media just kind of like toxic and not yeah. very fun anymore. So it's like I'm down to Instagram and it's like when this happened, I'm like, oh, please don't fuck up Instagram for me. Like just just please don't fuck this up. But it didn't work. We all knew. We figured it out. Fake bill is yeah. gone. Yeah. Have I you applied, gotten the blue check? N- I, I, you know what? I actually applied. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to verify a guy with like my account number. But so I, 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 I applied, which I felt kind of weird doing because it's like I don't. I've done nothing to deserve this, but if people are making fake accounts of mine, I'd like, <coughs> I'd like people to know that like if you get like this is actually me, like it's not some weirdo that's that's made a fake Instagram account. If anyone from Instagram is listening and can help Bill with the blue check, please reach out. 
Uh, also, if anyone's listening and has a spare Sensational Sherry, Pat Patterson, or I'm guessing any of the upcoming Walmart figures, uh, where can they find us, Blake? Well, they can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, they can also, if they have the time, you know, our podcast is all over the place now. We're on Spotify and Google Play and iTunes. Still not on Stitcher. People have been asking about Stitcher. We're working on Stitcher? A mention about Stitcher. (laughs) One people are asking. (laughs) They're asking. Um, But it also helps the algorithm to just pop over and just like the podcast on the other areas if you can spare that time. Don't listen to it a second time. Just hit a button and be on your way. They can email us where to find all of Justin's Walmart toys or just taunt him or give us topics or however you want to do it. At how do you think I'm up your to podcast? trade. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> nope. Taunting or giving. Those are the two options. Uh, how do you figure podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash how do you figure podcast. We're on Twitter at how do you figure PC and Instagram at how do you figure podcast. I think that's that. That's it. Great. Fantastic. Thank you very much.